Hello, and welcome to Talk Pharmacy to Me. My name is Jamie Anderson, and I'll be your host, and we'll look at anything and everything pharmacy. Today, we will be interviewing Dr. David Allen. He's the Dean of the University of Mississippi's School of Pharmacy. Today, we'll be talking to him about what he sees as the future of pharmacy. We'll be looking at pharmacy education, and we'll also kind of peer into how they're getting students ready for real-life pharmacy. We'll also uh, get an update from him about CBD and marijuana research that that they're doing at the University of Mississippi. So stay right here. Hi, I'd like to welcome you to the first episode of a podcast called Talk Pharmacy to Me. My name is Jamie Anderson. I will be the host of this podcast. And today I've invited Dean David Allen of the University of Mississippi to join us. Today I'd like to welcome Dean Allen. Thank you for being the guest of the first podcast episode. Pleasure, Jamie. Great to be with you. So I'm going to start off with a question, and this is probably not your your usual question, but every job has its moments that we look back through and laugh at. Tell me of a time in your pharmacy career where you had one of those funny moments. It's what I do a lot of uh, visits throughout the state, Jamie. As you know, I, I visited you in Columbus, sure. and so uh, when I think about something that uh, I sort of look back and smile about, uh, uh, Sydney's predecessor and I went through. Uh, we did a, a, a day of visits, and we had 12 visits scheduled. And interestingly enough, it was on Friday the 13th. And so uh, as we were wrapping up, uh, Aaron made the comment that, uh, you know, well, we've done 12 visits today. You know, should, would it be bad luck if we did 13 on the 13th? <laughs> so we did an impromptu visit. We added another uh, visit. We dropped by, and uh, a lot of places uh, in the state uh, know that we're doing these visits now, and so it was somebody that uh, kind of knew that we were doing it. And so we added a 13th visit, uh, and then we ended up having a, a social media post uh, that uh, it's a good thing that I'm not triscodecophobic, uh, because if I were, then we wouldn't have done 13 visits on Friday the 13th. So right. that's one of those things where I look back at and I kind of smile that we did that. Well, that, that, that that's awesome. I, um, I, I tell you, just as a side note, I think your visits are awesome to kind of connect because a lot of times the School of Pharmacy is somewhat disconnected right. uh, as far as the leadership. So I, I think that's that's an awesome Well, point. thank you. It's, it's a pleasure for me to do it. Uh, you know, I don't practice anymore. And for me to be able to, uh, you know, see what's going on in practice, to, to meet alums that uh, I may not be able to meet. A lot of people don't get back to Oxford. A lot of people don't live in Oxford like you do. Right. And so uh, it's a really great opportunity for me to see what's going on and to connect with our alums and people that are preceptors for our great school. All right. Uh, kind of a second part to that question is what is the part of your current job as a dean of pharmacy school that is the most fun for you you know i really have an awful lot of things that uh, are a part of my job jamie that are just really 
uh, I'm passionate about and I get a lot of enjoyment from. When I, when I think about the big transition periods uh, for our students, so the white coat ceremony, you know, uh, becoming a professional at that point, uh, the patch ceremony, when our students transition from sort of the didactic into the clinical component of the program, and of course, you know, the culmination at the end, graduation, commencement. Uh, those are the things that are really fun for me. The other thing that's really fun for me is when uh, our people are successful. I like to say that uh, my two most important jobs are number one to help people be successful and number two to talk about their success and so anytime that I can help someone be successful that's a great thing and sort of su uh, celebrating those successes along the way is something I really enjoy so there's so much about my job I really enjoy but I would kind of you know list uh, those things as the highlights. I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. I want to hit you with some rapid-fire okay. questions, okay? And these are a little off the wall, but hopefully folks will, will get to uh, get to know you a little better. If you had a theme song for your life, what would it be and why? Um, I probably would say Lucky That Way by Joe Walsh. Uh, Joe Walsh from the Eagles uh, did a, a solo song called Lucky That Way. He talks about the fact that he's been very fortunate in his life for a, probably a very different reasons than I have been. But uh, when I think about my career and, and my life, uh, I've been incredibly fortunate to be uh, in the positions that I've been, been able to, to participate in, to be in a profession that I love deeply and is, it means so much to me. So I just have been blessed in my life, and I would say Lucky That Way by Joe Walsh. Perfect. Perfect. So tell me of a current book you're reading, and what is your favorite book to recommend to others? Oh, that's a great question, Jamie. So a book that I, I literally just finished, and I've not starting, started another one yet, is called Finding Your Unicorn Job for Pharmacists by Tony Guerrera. Uh, Tony is a, a pharmacist. Uh, uh, he's very active on the Internet. He's an author. He's, he's had multiple publications, and the book is about... Uh, individuals who have done fairly unique jobs within our profession uh, and he calls it finding your unicorn job for pharmacists so I would encourage that uh, to your readers and, and to you also uh, to read I think it's very interesting uh, considering where we are in our profession right now in fact Hillary Blackburn the person I mentioned to you a little bit earlier mm -hmm. from Dispensary of Hope Hillary is one of the uh, the people that are uh, that are talked about there are different jobs uh, that are highlighted in different individuals in the book and she's one of them so okay. as far as a book I would recommend I would actually give you two books that I like to recommend to people one is the classic good to great by Jim Collins on uh, organizations getting better at what they do and, and being focused on you know specific aspects of what they do so um, I like to recommend that just sort of in general but a book that I like to to recommend also is another book called um, I can't remember this, the exact title. Uh, I loaned it to someone and haven't gotten it back, but it's by a lady named Donna Gennett. Uh, it's, not, it's essentially effective delegation, and so that is uh, a really great book. It's very simple. It's probably you know about a 45-minute read and gives you some very straightforward principles on how to delegate. Uh, and in my job, I, it's a big job, and if I don't delegate, then you know I'm not going to be very effective in, in what I do. I'm going to be able to, to delegate effectively in, in my role, and, and that was a really good book in terms of uh, the things I learned from it. So uh, those are the two books that I recommend. Here's the name of the book, If You Want It Done Right, You Don't Have to Do It Yourself, by Donna Gannett. It's available on Amazon.com. So who has been your biggest role model and why? 
Yeah, another great question, Jamie. Uh, I've been very fortunate in my career to have a number of really outstanding mentors in my life, and, and I would look to those people. But if I had to really talk about specific, you know, key role models, I, I would look to my parents. Uh, my, my dad and my late mom are, are individuals who were just extraordinary uh, people that uh, really, you know, cared about me and helped me be successful, but also modeled a way for me in terms of how to interact with people. Um, you know, that uh, caring for people is extremely important. That's, that's something that's deeply important to me. The people I work with, the people I work for, you know, our alums, our profession, our students, uh, our faculty, uh, the kinds of things they did and how they handled themselves around people and the fact that they care for people so deeply. So I would say my parents are uh, role models. Parents, excellent, excellent. So what is your favorite movie? That's an interesting question, uh, and I'm I'm a little uh, embarrassed maybe to admit that uh, uh, it's a, a musical, and it's a Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, so I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, the, it's the Gene Wilder version, uh, and I really uh, have enjoyed that. Uh, I did like Johnny Depp's uh, version in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as well, but the one that I go back to and I just really enjoy sort of the feel-good nature of it is Willy and the Wonka Factory. The uh, Willy and the Chocolate Factory. The classic, and I think a lot of people would join you uh, in in enjoying that that movie for sure. So, last question in this section: What is your fa- what was your favorite class in pharmacy school? I would have to say calculations. Uh, I've always been a fan of math and mathematics, and taking math classes. I took additional calculus classes that I didn't need to get into pharmacy school, and uh, so I really enjoyed the calculations aspect. I ultimately taught calculations for a number of years at both Texas Tech and in Northeast Ohio, my two previous roles. So right. uh, I would say calculations, Jamie. So if you had to say, if we polled recent graduates, what percentage of them would say that calculations was their favorite? I don't think it would uh, rise to a very high level, Jamie. You're probably right. They, they may pick pharmacology or some of the other more uh, uh, drug-focused kinds of things, and calculations may not sneak into that list. The University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy is Mississippi's only public pharmacy school. Founded in 1908, the school is ranked sixth in the nation for external research funding and is home to the world-renowned National Center for Natural Products Research. Ole Miss Pharmacy's education, research, and service missions aim to improve the health and well-being of people in Mississippi, the nation, and the world. What do you see in the future of pharmacy, and how do you think pharmacists' roles will change? I think pharmacy has been transitioning for a long time, Jamie. We, we really moved from, uh, and that tra- change began in the 1950s, from being product-focused to being patient-focused. So the PharmD programs of the 1950s. Uh, that began to start uh, were really sort of the initiation of that. And it's been a, a, a slow change in, in many respects, and so I think that's going to continue to happen. I think how pharmacists are perceived uh, is something that uh, is, is extremely important to us, and so we, we need to be thinking about, you know, that uh, pharmacists are the most, you know, one of the most trusted professionals, certainly one of the most accessible professionals, uh, and sometimes I don't know that we've done a great job as a profession of really letting people know that. I think they sort of do, and that's why we rise to the top of some of these trusted professionals' lists. Uh, I think our profession has uh, a way to go to be able to 
you know, let people know what we can what we can do for them. I think people are turning to pharmacists uh, about the opioid epidemic. I think that's something that we can play a huge role in when you think about naloxone and uh, the counseling and things that we can do around that, the impact that we can have as pharmacists. I saw a CE program recently from uh, Zach Brandt, one of our uh, alums at the uh, one of the uh, pharmacy meetings this summer about how their uh, department, the emergency department at the hospital he works in in Memphis, is educating prescribers and having a huge impact on the number of opioid prescriptions that are being written by prescribers in the emergency department. And so the things that we can do uh, and what we can bring to health care, whether it's something like that that can be significant. Uh, but uh, we also need to be thinking about, you know, how can we interact with the patients? How can we be proactive about letting people know what we can do as a profession, I think, uh, is extremely important as well. So uh, I think those are the things that we need to be thinking about. Uh, provider status is very, very important. I think that that's going to have an impact uh, on us. Um, you know, in the late 90s, uh, there was a publication that talked about the uh, jobs in pharmacy, and, and it was the an estimate of percentages of jobs uh, in our profession. And there was a big discussion in that paper um, about the expansion of ambulatory care pharmacy. Uh, and there was also discussion of that paper about reduction in um, dispensing roles. Um, I think we've probably seen, dis we've certainly, uh, reduction in dispensing roles, but I think that the transition into more ambulatory care pharmacy has been a little slower and hasn't evolved the way they predicted it. I think that's going to happen. I think ambulatory care pharmacists are, are going to be a much bigger portion of our profession moving forward, and so I think that's something for us to think about as well. Um, I just wrapped up uh, a period as president of the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy. And uh, one of the things that AACP is doing is trying to uh, get the word out about our profession. They've actually started a campaign, so you're probably familiar with the Nurses Campaign, Nurses Care. Uh, and so that has had a huge impact on uh, the public's percep uh, perception of uh, nursing. And so that's what the ACP campaign is supposed to do, is to educate, you know, people about the fact that we have, we're, ex you know, very highly trained individuals who can have a tremendous impact on patients. And so I'm excited about what that ad, ad campaign can do. Uh, and so uh, I think there's an awful lot of things that as a profession we can do moving forward. But I think that's where I see pharmacy going right now, Jamie. Uh, and, you know, with, with the current Medicare guidelines about readmissions, ambulatory care is, transitions to care it's it's going to be huge i agree um, it's a great point Jamie. Uh, all right let's let's look at let's look at old miss okay i mean that's where we're, we're sitting right here on the beautiful campus uh steps away from the grove so let's talk about let's talk about this pharmacy school um so what what's new in pharmacy education here and tell us some of the things that you see exciting for the school of pharmacy here in the near future it's uh, a great question, Jamie, and there's some really amazing things going on right here at the School of Pharmacy, so it's uh, very timely as well. Uh, our new Land Sharks curriculum, uh, our faculty developed a new curriculum over four or five years, and we started rolling that curriculum out in the fall of last year. Uh, we had our students, uh, the first-year students in, in last year's class, uh, actually named the curriculum, so they're the ones who came up with the term Land Sharks curriculum. Uh, it's a much more integrated curriculum so our, our various disciplines are coming together to teach together it's a lot of overlap uh, of uh, of those disciplines and integration it's more systems 
based and so we're really excited about what the new curriculum is going to do. Our students have been very excited about it as well so I think there's some really great opportunities uh, from that perspective as well so um, stay tuned for what's going to happen with that. Uh, our first students won't graduate for a few more years before that finishes but uh, uh, that's going really really well. The faculty have done an extraordinary job of uh, uh, putting that together and rolling it out that's created some additional work obviously as we put that together but um, some other things I'm excited about we, we've got some preferred admissions agreements with uh, some institutions around the state uh, we started with Jackson State University in Jackson uh, since then we've added Alcorn State uh, Tougaloo College and uh, Millsaps uh, we're in conversations with Mississippi State and uh, other universities as well and, and that's just a way to be able to identify uh, you know, strong students that uh, would be competitive for our program. It also allows students that uh, can't necessarily move and do pre-pharmacy and, and all of their pharmacy for, you know, personal reasons, socioeconomic reasons, that they may need to stay home if they live in Jackson, uh, do all their pre-pharmacy there, uh, spend a couple of years here on the main campus doing you know the first two years of pharmacy school and then they can go back and do the third fourth year of Jackson and it kind of minimizes the impact on them financially so there's some really great reasons for us to be doing those kinds of preferred admissions agreements so we're excited about those and we're excited about what they can bring but uh, a lot of great things going on research obviously is a huge part of what we do as a school pharmacy we're ranked sixth in the country right now in research funding so we're very excited about the, the things that are going on in our research enterprise our faculty and our research scientists and our academic departments and in our research centers just do world-class research in, in a number of different areas and so that's something we continue to be excited about that's not necessarily pharmacy education but I think it is a tribute to the strength of our program if you are doing world-class research in an area where you're teaching pharmacy students then you're going to be out on the cutting edge of that you know field and then you're going to be taking that cutting-edge research directly into the classroom to teach our students and our students are going to benefit from the fact that we have world-class individuals uh, as a part of our school well that's uh, I think I think the future is bright for sure and uh, we appreciate your leadership uh, in that uh, for sure thank you Jamie. Um, talk a little bit if if you if you okay with it about the um the cbd the the marijuana sure i mean if you're okay absolutely yeah. yeah so very excited about uh the marijuana project uh, the mm -hmm. national institute on drug abuse uh, has been funding the marijuana project since 1968 so we just celebrated the 50th anniversary everything from uh, botanists and horticulturalist uh, experts on uh, how to grow marijuana to uh, the genetics of the plant to the effects uh, that it has and so we we do that work and we have been doing it for a long time that's a competitive contract that we've had uh, it's uh, between three and five years depending on the uh, RFPs that have come out for that so we've, we've been competitive for that um, we've had a lot of competitors against us and I think our infrastructure and, and our world-class scientists and world-class faculty in those areas have, have kept us competitive to, to do that. Probably isn't more important uh, at any time in that 50 years maybe than right now with the things that are going on across our country with regard to marijuana legalization uh, and the effects of that. CBD, cannabidiol is uh, 
has great potential based on a lot of anecdotal information that's out there. We're actively involved in CBD research right now. Uh, that's an important part of what we do uh, as well. We're involved with uh, the medical center at UMMC in doing some CBD trials in refractory seizure patients. And so that is going very well. In fact, it's going so well that it was uh, extended from a six-month starting period to uh, a full year. Uh, the uh, neurologists at the medical center are very excited about what they're seeing in those patients. And so we're doing a lot of those things. But we've also done some recent uh, uh, education opportunities. As, as you know, Jamie, you attended the, the CBD uh, CE program that we co-sponsored with the Board of Pharmacy at the end at Ole Miss uh, not long ago. And so helping pharmacists understand what's going on with CBD is something that, you know, we and the Board of Pharmacy are, are committed to doing, and I think it's something that we can provide. So uh, uh, it's a really wonderful opportunity for us to be able to do that in a timing where it's uh, so timely and it's so important to what pharmacists are doing, and it's become so much a part of the, the discussion among our patients and, quite frankly, among our, our colleagues in other professions as well as within our own profession as well, Jamie. Right. Well, and it has exploded as far as no the question. general public. So um, I think it's I think it's good that that somebody's kind of got their pulse on it. And one of the things that uh, that I saw in that uh, in that meeting that out of twenty items that were tested from from all over the place, from gas stations to drugstores everywhere, only one had in it. What it said it had. That's in right. It. So that's kind um, of scary. Yeah, that is scary. Uh, but we we just got to be as pharmacists. We have to be cognizant of right. what's out there and and what we're talking to our patients about. So I think it's great that uh, that Ole Miss is doing the research in, into that. Just and and educating us on because you know as in everything you know Oprah put out several uh, things years ago and then people were coming and asking us about blueberry right. seeds and from from everything else so it's good to have the knowledge when somebody comes in and, and thank y'all for for doing that absolutely last question i have for you and um uh, this is um this is interesting but um there's a perception that many times there's a disconnect between academia and true pharmacy practice what do you think schools of pharmacy can do to bridge this disconnect and i'll give you somewhat of an example you educate uh, a student here they've got the the greatest knowledge base uh, that they can have mm -hmm. and when they leave how how can we get it where they're they're or what are, what are you doing to make it where their practice is a smooth transition mm -hmm. well I, I think that we are as you know Jamie uh, we're actively involved in doing visits throughout the state we're trying to stay connected to our alums and to, to pharmacists practicing in our state so we, we really had a very proactive uh, effort in that regard uh, as you know you and I visited uh, in Columbus uh, I think it's extremely important for us to, to really have a very high level connection with our preceptors and with our alums and so uh, that helps us to stay in touch with what's going on you know in practice and in profession offering the kinds of programs that we just did uh, in CBD uh, the various uh, seminars that we participate in you know our CE office uh, Randy Pittman is at uh, just about every pharmacy program out there uh, and our division of pharmacy professional development uh, doing great things in terms of continuing education and, and that allows us to 
have our faculty making presentations at those as well as people out in the community and out in practice uh, being a part of those as well. But it, it enables us to, to stay connected to our profession that way, and I think that's extremely important for us uh, to do as well. Our student pharmacists are engaged in service activities, and so uh, throughout the state uh, we, we do those kinds of things. Uh, and we, we've actually won a national award uh, from uh, AACP on community transformation and, and the things we were doing. The Delta Project is what it was known as, uh, and it's got a more formal title, community-based research uh, program now. But the Delta Project was something that we were recognized for. And it allows our pharmacists to get out and to be, our pharmacists on our faculty, to get out and be in practice, having an impact on patients. And so we're excited about that. I think those connections and, and our faculty being in those practice sites uh, allows us to stay, if you will, real world connected, and it's important for us to do that. But I think the constant communication that we focus on, a few years ago, I don't know if you remembered or not, but we did a community pharmacy forum. We co-sponsored that with Good Neighbor Pharmacy. We're actually, we had another conversation uh, recently about uh, uh, doing that again. So uh, those are the kinds of things that we try and do to, to sort of keep it real world, to stay connected with our alums and to support uh, our alums and people practicing in our state to help them stay current on the things that we can help to stay current on as well. But we need to learn from what's going on in practice, though, that, you know, what we're doing in, in our educational programs to help our students is, is at the edge of what's going on in practice as well, Jamie. Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, I, I know that, um, that the goal of the School of Pharmacy is to turn out the, the best pharmacists in the nation. Right. And, um, and I think between our research um, our educators that that we are truly getting the best pharmacist out there and um, what I love is when they come in and they're teaching me stuff because mm -hmm. you know they, they've got a better better right. knowledge base a lot of times than I do you know 26 years ago graduating so um, so we definitely thank you pharmacy profession thanks you the state of Mississippi thanks you for all for all you do and um, uh, thank you for giving us time uh, to talk a little bit about what you do and um, you know the 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 thing about pharmacy I don't care where you practice if you practice here if you practice in the hospital uh, the unicorn you know if you're the unicorn pharmacist and practice in, in your own niche um, it's always about putting the patient first and as long as we put the patient first then we will continue to be successful uh, as as a profession um, so uh, if we can get that love for pharmacy out there in these students and they come out with that love, then, uh, then we will definitely uh, be successful. I couldn't agree more, Jamie. That's a great way to put it. Uh, patient first is, is something that's a big focus of how we, we do things uh, here in the School of Pharmacy. Uh, just a quick follow-up to what you were sure. saying about the, uh, the quality of our graduates. Uh, it's always a, a blessing for me to be able to go out and talk with uh, employers and uh, residency preceptors and, and to hear them talk about the fact that they really want to recruit our students because our students are always the best and brightest and so when they're looking at graduates from programs and looking to hire people they look to our students and our graduates because our graduates are so strong in what they do and what they bring so uh, and that patient first mentality is uh, is exactly you know where we are trying to to take our students and, and we're excited about that but it's a pleasure for me to be able to talk with you today I am honored that you've asked me to be a part of your podcast series, Jamie, and it's, uh, it's great to see you again, uh, you. as always, and uh, I appreciate the time to be able to get together. All right. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to the first episode of Talk Pharmacy to Me. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast coming soon.